Have you been wondering how to build a following on Instagram? I am, was, have been for a long time. It's my favorite social platform and I'm trying to be more intentional about the content I'm posting on it. So I brought on Andrea Zollner, who offered fantastic advice around Instagram strategy, taking great photos, and if those walls of hashtags actually work. I learned a ton and I've already started implementing what she talked about. So um, let's get into this because there's so much great information here uh, about everything I just mentioned and more. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that today? My guest is Andrea Zollner. She is the head of growth at Kinsta, and we are going to be talking about a topic that eludes me, which is part of the reason I asked her to be on the show. It is growing your audience and following through Instagram. Andrea, how are you? I'm doing so well. Thanks for having me on your show, Joe. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, We, Andrea and I met because we... uh, go to a lot of WordCamps. Unfortunately, neither of us has been to a WordCamp in a very long time at this point. Uh, So it's good to see you at least virtually. That's right. Most of our meetings are online now, but we make the most of it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And someday soon, right? Uh, (laughs) We'll be going back to events. Um, So uh, I am excited because you have, I feel like you have a really good following. You found a really good niche on Instagram. Uh, and it seems like a well-oiled machine. And so that's part of the reason I wanted to ask you about this. Like if you look at my Instagram feed, it's like cigars, pens, or my daughter, basically, uh, which is probably not great for like finding the right niche. Um, But before we get into all of that, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So um, my name is Andrea. You know that. Uh, I have been in the WordPress space for a while, but I've kind of jumped around and I work for Kinsta now as their head of growth. And I also on the side have a travel blog. And that's really where my inspiration comes from for my Instagram account. So, you know, on top of my day job working in tech, I also like to dabble in WordPress development, mostly on my own projects. And my blog is is a big project of mine. And that, you know, is also what my one of my creative outlets, if you will. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, so I know that you worked for a uh, a different company when we were traveling a lot, um, but you have a travel blog. Is that travel going to continue, do you think? Uh, I don't want you to speak for the company if you shouldn't be, but uh, do you think you'll continue to be going to WordCamps once we can travel again? Probably less so. Uh, okay. I'll probably stick to the big WordCamps mm-hmm. because, of course, mm-hmm. I love going to WordCamp Europe and WordCamp US and yeah. my local WordCamps as well, and possibly even ones that are close by to Montreal, like Philadelphia and New York. Nice, um, very nice. But probably not as much as before, and, and given the current circumstances, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so now, forgive my geography here, um, but uh, are you closer to the States than Toronto or like about the same? About the same. Yeah. Okay. So I'm close to Maine, uh, upstate New York. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that's still like people, I don't think people realize how big New York is, but uh, (laughs) from like the top of like the Canadian border in New York down to the city is like probably eight to 10 hours drive. So Mm -hmm. um, 
in any case, that's neither here nor there. Uh, you have a travel blog, which is the, as you said, the inspiration for your Instagram. Um, can you tell us a, a little bit about maybe the origin story? Like, did you have the blog first and then decide to get on Instagram? Um, were you already using Instagram because you liked it and, and then you decided to turn it into something different? What, what was the decision making like there? Sure. So I had Instagram before the blog, just as a personal social media channel like any other. And I think in the ways that you described your own social media presence on Instagram, mm-hmm. it was very similar. It was like, here's what I ate or here's something yeah. that I did. Uh, and, you know, it was a personal expression, but it didn't really have any guiding lines or direction uh, other than just a reflection of my personal life. And then when I started blogging, I really kind of wanted to clean that up a little bit. I realized early on that my blog was a really nice polished outlet for my content. You know, I uploaded nice photos there and I had um, really thoughtful pieces. I put a lot of energy into that. But I think what really triggered my interest in pushing my Instagram presence was that I wasn't getting a lot of comments on my blog. There just wasn't very Mm. much engagement there. And Uh, You know, my mom commented on my blog and (laughs) (laughs) the usual suspects, but I wasn't getting very much. It just wasn't enough. So I started seeing so many people. This was, you know, maybe five, four or five years ago. I started seeing a lot of people um, doing really interesting things on Instagram. And Instagram itself was developing a lot more tools for people to get engaged and to have conversations on their platform. And I thought, okay, if I can't get people to comment on my blog, maybe I can get them to comment on my Instagram posts. And then, so I started mirroring my my blog at first, kind of making sure every time I had a new post online that I had a social media post to match. And then eventually, like all good social media strategies, you know, you kind of want to curate what you're doing to the platform itself. And that's when I started digging into kind of what would that look like to have an Instagram strategy itself. And I don't have a huge following, but I would say I have a very engaged uh, audience. And that is just as valuable. Yeah, absolutely. I might even say, you know, more valuable. If you've got like a 10,000 people following you and nobody says anything, I'd rather have, you know, 500 people who comment on every post, right? Because those are the people who are your fans, your super fans or whatever. So Exactly. Um, so, so this is already super interesting. Uh, you sort of mirroring your blog on Instagram at first, but you decided to curate what you were doing and create a Instagram strategy. This is of interest to me, especially because I have an Instagram for this podcast that when I think about it, I post, there's a new episode up and the cover for that episode, which as you can imagine, gets no engagement whatsoever. Um, So what did putting an Instagram strategy together look like? Well, it started with really looking at what the tools available on Instagram were. And so this is true for Facebook and for Twitter as well, that they will reward you for using their tools to the maximum of their capabilities. And and by that, I mean, you know, for Instagram, if you post an image, you want to make sure you're tagging a location, that you have a substantial caption, that you're using the hashtags that you are uh, tagging people in in the posts themselves. And so if you're using all of those tools, then Instagram is going to consider that your post is a, a successful one or it's of value. And then the more engagement you get, the more their algorithm will then show it to other people. So 
I started out kind of looking at the tools and thinking, okay, well, if I want to have a really good hashtag strategy, what does that look like? So I kind of, you know, started writing that down. And then when they introduced Instagram stories as a comp- competition to, uh, you know, some other uh, social media channels and <laughs> platforms yeah. online, yeah. um, you know, my Snapchat kind of died pretty early. And so mm-hmm. once Instagram took off with their stories, that decision was really easy to make. I already had a following on Instagram. It just made sense to deep dive into their stories feature. And then I, you know, I kind of thought, well, what would be a really fun addition to each blog post? Do I do behind the scenes? Do I do additional information? Maybe I talk to my followers and walk them through something that I spoke about on the blog. And the more I did that, the more I realized that I was really building a separate audience. People clicked on my blog if I was promoting maybe a discount for a product or something that they Mm -hmm. could only get on my website. But in terms of getting the information that was in the blog, people didn't like leaving Instagram. So then I had to think about how do I make sure that I have a balance of sending people to my blog because that's where the real monetization is, but also keeping them engaged and making sure I don't lose their interest by like teasing too little. Right. So that was really the the motivation for my strategy was how do I strike that balance and how do I use the maximum of Instagram's tools? This episode is brought to you by iThemes. Did you know that 60% of website breaches occur because a vulnerability could have been patched but wasn't? That means having software with known vulnerabilities installed on your site gives hackers the blueprint they need to take over your site. Every day, it gets harder and harder to keep track of every disclosed WordPress vulnerability. You have to compare that list to your plugins and themes by version and make sure you're constantly updating. To solve this problem, the iThemes Security Pro plugin created a better way to protect your sites against software vulnerabilities, the number one culprit of WordPress sites. The new improved WordPress security site scan powered by iThemes performs automatic checks for known website vulnerabilities and automatically applies available fixes so you don't have to. Whew, that's some peace of mind. And I could speak personally to this because as somebody who has repaired hacked websites, I know that it could be costly and dangerous to lose information, especially when it's personally identifiable. So iThemes Security Pro also includes a ton of other features to help you keep the bad guys out. Brute force protection, two-factor authentication, passwordless logins, and compromised password protection. Plus a whole lot more to keep you safe. If you want to start securing your sites today, head over to howibuilt.it slash iThemes to get the best WordPress security plugin to secure and protect WordPress. iThemes is giving How I Built It listeners a 20% discount by using the code HowIBuiltIt at checkout. Again, that's howibuilt.it slash iThemes. That's howibuilt.it slash I T H E M E S. And use the code HowIBuiltIt at checkout for 20% off. And now back to the show. So you mentioned a couple of things here that um, I want to talk a little bit about. First of all, uh, hashtag strategy. Mm-hmm. There are some people I know that will just go ham with 
uh, is go ham still a thing people say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, with, they'll go crazy with hashtags and have like 40. And I'm like, that seems like a lot. Um, maybe 40 is is an exaggeration. But I mean, there's like a wall of hashtags. Um, do you, what do you find works well for you? Is it like pick three or is like 40 what you should do? Like, like should you have like a wall of hashtags? Uh, sadly, the wall of hashtags is the way to go. Now, take that with a grain of salt because like anything, like SEO, like all these trends, like things change and algorithms mm-hmm. adapt and yeah. the rules change slightly. So you want to keep a pulse on that just because those kinds of trends can change. But, um, you know, part of using Instagram to its full capacity is using the hashtags to the full capacity. And right now the cap is 30. So okay. you... Uh, you know, you can't go above that. And there's ways of hiding them in the first comment or, sure. you know, adding line breaks and all of that so that they're hidden below the read more yeah. tag. Um, but if, I mean, it's kind of like, if you can use them, why wouldn't you? That's that's usually right. the approach people yeah, yeah, use. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, when it comes to hashtag strategy, um, a couple of things I can share that have worked for me. One is rotating your hashtags. So maybe you have 30 Uh, But they're not the same every day and they're not the same for every picture. So if I look at my feed, uh, some photos are of me. Some photos are very specifically about my outfit. Some are Mm -hmm. about uh, lifestyle content. Some are about travel or travel accessories. Some are about travel tips. So there's kind of a, a, you know, it's all pretty much on brand, but there is some degree of variation on the type of image and the real focus of that image. So for those, I do change up my hashtag so that they are appropriate for if it's a landscape, I'll use a lot of landscape uh, image hashtags that are popular. And then you also want to do some research on relevant hashtags uh, that you might not think of. So one that I use is discover under 5K. So I haven't hit 5K followers yet. And there's a whole community of people that are kind of going after these micro-influencers, really. Uh, and so that's not an obvious one, but I actually consulted with someone who does Instagram professionally. You know, they're a consultant. Yeah. And they gave me a couple of hashtags to use that, yeah, that I didn't even know existed. Interesting. So is this like a, a search that you can do in Instagram? Or is there a tool that will tell you like d- how to discover like hashtags with under 5K? Both. It's, like it's a, a little bit like keyword research strategy. Yeah, you can yeah, look at yeah. volume and you want to pick. So you can use Instagram search to uh, to search some of these hashtags to see the volume. And you might not want to pick the one that's got like six million images. Right. Maybe you want to go right. for something more in the middle so that you can get a little bit of attention. So you're not totally competing with everyone on Instagram. Um, but that it's not like a hashtag that's got 30 images because maybe that's just like a fluke that a couple of people happen to use the same hashtag. It's not a, it's not really a trend yet. Right, so you, right, yeah. right. But it's there's like also, a bachelor party or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Maybe you like accidentally join a wedding hashtag or something. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So you oh, can, but there's also wow. tools online and people like anything have monetized this. And so you can buy lists of hashtags. You can get, um, sure. you can, you know, join people's courses where they teach you how to find the best hashtags. Yeah. I was just looking at Instagram there, like while you were talking. Yeah. Um, Cause it's, it's really interesting. I, I like to kind of see uh, that. And I've noticed, I, I have very interestingly 
found myself using the search a lot more, right? And the search is really discover. I I think it's because uh, Instagram bums me out less than the other social media. Like, you know, it's just like pictures and helpful information and not like people yelling at you because Twitter's anonymous. Sorry, just named <laughs> Twitter there. Um, but uh, so I, I, I find myself spending more time on Instagram because in general, I feel like it's a more calming medium for me and the people I follow. Um, do you, I, it must be the case that more people are using the discover function. Like I feel I'm an old man, so I just discovered it like recently, but it's a big part of your hashtag strategy, right? You hashtag and then it shows up in relevant places there. Yeah. 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 I think people, yeah, they like to use, Instagram for discovery, for inspiration. Mm -hmm. And there's also something to be said for the Instagram algorithm where if you follow one person and they Mm -hmm. seem to be using a lot of the same hashtags as you, you might come up as a recommendation or Mm -hmm. maybe a lot of people follow, you know, follow both accounts. And so that's really gold. I think if you can get into a recommended similar account in Instagram, then you can get more follows that way. Yeah, because that's definitely like more, that's definitely put in front of users more, right? Like the, okay, that's super interesting. My Discover tab is like super weird and a little embarrassing because it's like a lot of like uh, models, but I don't know why. I think it's because I hashtag Star Wars a lot. (laughs) <laughs> and then, uh, so like Natalie Portman showed up in one of my, and then I clicked on that and that took me like to a celebrity Instagram account. And I'm like, oh, Natalie Portman. Cool. But then it was like a bunch of other like female celebrities. And then I'm like, I need to like reset my Instagram somehow. Like I my wish wife there would be was like, a what clear cash for that. Kind I know. Of thing. Right? <laughs> I just killed my whole YouTube history recently. Um, <laughs> And like restarted it. And I'm like, yeah, I wish I could kind of do that for Instagram because I feel weird. Um, that's That was too much information with Joe. <laughs> um, let's get back to this. So hashtag wall of hashtags yeah. is the way to go right now. I'm, I'm going to internalize that. Um, and then you also mentioned like the first comment strategy. That's one that I've employed because I never feel like I could get the line breaks to work properly. What's your tip for that? Or do you employ the first comment strategy? I employ both. I forget now. Um, okay, yeah, okay. I, I think sometimes it's easier to edit your hashtags in your original caption if you need to make a change later. Whereas if you post a comment, you can't edit the comment. You have to just scrap the whole comment. And I've been stuck in situations where I had all my hashtags in a comment and I maxed it out to the top 30. And then later on, I realized that oh, I should add this hashtag because it's relevant to this brand that I was promoting to their campaign. And I forgot. Or, you know, maybe they released this hashtag later on Uh, and I want to add it to something I did for them. And then I realized that I can't edit my comment and I can't swap out one of the one of my 30 slots. And so then I kind of have to scrap my whole comment and start all over again. So that's maybe one of the reasons why I tend to employ the in-caption wall of Mm -hmm. hashtags more often, but you're right. Like they kind of try and prevent you from doing that with the line breaks and all of the struggle. I end up doing it, you know, in another app and copy pasting and kind of Okay. Okay. Yeah. Even in your notes app or in simple notes. Okay. Yeah. Cause I suspect if you do it in their app, they, cause like I've tried the period 
right? Like you have here. Yeah. And that's been like stripped out. But if I do it in like the notes app, it interesting. Okay. I'm learning so much. Like <laughs> by the time this episode comes out, everybody, I will be an Instagram pro or at least better than I am now. Um, this is great. I see that you have, uh, I, I don't want to like name drop one of the people it seems you've collabed with, but uh, I, I love Nomad and it mm-hmm. looks like they're on your feed, which is cool. Yeah. Um, Good, good positioning because it was like a Father's Day gift. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I am that. Um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, so aside from the hashtag strategy, the actual posts, you mentioned Instagram stories. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's a little bit it's a little bit different than the regular posts, right? You're not just reposting uh, what you've put on Instagram stories. I've had mild success with Instagram stories, but I haven't been consistent. I've tried like the talking head videos, but um, what do you find works best for you? Uh, you mentioned like behind the scenes or additional engagement stuff. You know, mm-hmm. what, what's working? Yeah. Um, so what's worked for me is, man, a couple of different things. And I really wish I had time to do more Instagram stories because I think it's such a rich medium for storytelling and uh, it's got so many tools built in that you can use. Not TikTok, but there's, you know, a couple mm-hmm. of storytelling yeah. tools that you can use. And so I, a couple of things that I like to do, if I'm going to address my audience, uh, I try and keep it relatively short. So like four, four slides, four 15 mm-hmm. second slots max, because okay. I think people, you know how you can see the number of dots above in a story. So you know that there's yes. like 20 stories coming. I think yep. people get a little deflated Skip. when they see too Oh, many. yeah. So I keep, I try and keep those addresses to four, roughly four or five slides. And I always add built-in captions because people might not have their sound on. They might be secretly watching Instagram stories when they're not supposed to. Um, (laughs) And so being able to read the caption is important. So I take that extra step to add those. Sometimes it's just like a summary of what I'm saying. And uh, another thing that I really try to employ is actually interactive tools on Instagram stories. So I finally get so much more engagement when I ask people questions or I ask them for advice or I ask them to submit something or to answer a poll, uh, to rate something, you know, any of those interactive tools that kind of allow them to, to speak up with very little effort. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. you know, saying yes, no is a lot easier than asking for a full reply. And I get so much more engagement that way. And it's just a nice way, I think, to keep those conversations going. Uh, even though they may seem like not of high value, it gives me some content ideas for later because then I can share the results of that poll and comment on right. them and things like that. This episode is sponsored by Boosted. Creating well-designed marketing videos for social media can be hard. I know because I have tried a lot. With Boosted, you can easily create beautiful-looking marketing videos that are optimized to get business results. You can choose from a wide range of templates to create ads, Instagram stories, tutorials, or anything else that you can think of. And the best part is they won't look like everyone else's videos. Plus, now you can create amazing looking graphics for other social media like Facebook and Twitter. I've been using Boosted to come up with a series of short videos for my own projects, and I honestly can't believe how easy it is. I'm hooked. This is the only way I will create Instagram story videos now. The app is free to download with a bunch of templates out of the box. But if you want to try Boosted Premium, 
you can. Listeners of the show can get an exclusive deal, $5 for the first three months. Just visit howibuilt.it slash boosted. That's howibuilt.it slash B-O-O-S-T-E-D. Stop struggling to create marketing videos that look great. Get Boosted Premium and start making videos that will get you results. Again, the link is howibuilt.it slash boosted for three months of Boosted Premium at just $5. So maybe I should have asked this earlier, but is this your, like, do you have a personal Instagram account or is this your account? Like your only account? I don't know if yeah. you don't have to answer that if you don't want people to know you have a different Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, right now, it's my one and only. And that's just okay. because I'm too busy to maintain two accounts. Sure. I think I have, I do have uh, my one of my old accounts that has my real name. And mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's there, but I've parked it because I don't want another Andrea Zollner to go and take that sure. username. So yeah. I've parked it for now. I am only following Capsule Suitcase. Capsule Suitcase follows Andrea back, but nice. um, I don't allow anyone else to to use it. I've kind of just parked it. Um, but so I, I really pour my time into Capsule Suitcase. And the reason I do that, apart from the time thing, is also because I think anonymous, anonymous blogging doesn't work anymore. I think people mm-hmm. following blogs that don't have a face to them is a lot rarer. And it might be an industry specific trend. It might it might be just that in in travel and lifestyle, the personality cult is very much important, and it's part of it. So I try to inject myself more into my Instagram presence uh, for that reason. I think people find me for my tips. They continue following me for my personality. Gotcha. That makes that makes a ton of sense, right? Uh, so I I think that's a really great point to make. And I was I was curious, right? Because looking at it myself, my Instagram is basically my my personal Instagram, and then I do have the how I built it business account. Um, but you're right. I think maintaining it is probably a little more difficult. And I do want to talk about so. Uh, real quick, actually, with the the Instagram stories, uh, there is a, a sponsor of the show called Boosted. Uh, it's an app that make like I've been using it. Um, uh, at the time of this recording, their their sponsor spot isn't live yet, but um, the app is great. Like to create nice videos, like really well designed videos that I'm I'm going to start integrating into my Instagram stories, especially. So um, that's like a little extra plug for Boosted, but it's something I'm I'm actually using in my toolkit now. So, um, but speaking of, uh, you are very consistent with your content. Uh, is with a business account? I I think on Buffer you can automatically post. Um, but you cannot do that with a personal account. So what does your posting schedule and process look like? Yeah, I highly recommend scheduling things in advance. It just takes so much of the burden off of having to post every single day. Uh, there's, There's no way around it. To succeed on Instagram, you have to be diligent and consistent. And when it's not your full time job, that becomes even harder to do. So scheduling tools, play a huge role in my, in my strategy. I post every single day. And, uh, unless there's some sort of major event, like we saw two weeks ago where I kind of interrupted Mm -hmm. my Instagram strategy and pivoted and adapted. And I think that's 
a, you know, part of it as well. You need to be ready for those kinds of things. But when it's regular programming, uh, I post every single day and I try to post at my optimal times, which if you have a business account on Instagram, which is free, it's not like you have to pay anything, but you just have to convert right. your Instagram account to business. You get more insights and you can kind of see who your audience is and what your optimal times are for posting for for different days. So for me, most days it's uh, noon, 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. And so I kind of play around with those times depending on the day of the week and also depending on when my weekly blog post is going out as well. Nice. Um, so I I use, uh, I for a while I use Tailwind and I also use Later and you can also use Buffer. And I think Instagram, the, the Facebook, Instagram, Workplace, content creation tools also allow mm-hmm. you to do uh, some pre, pre-scheduling. And that's also just a, a nice way to sit down and look at what's going out this week. I can visualize how it's going to look in the grid. I'm not married to having like a perfect Instagram grid. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like the, you know, perfectly diversified with different types of shots. But I, right, I try right. to keep an eye on whether something's going to, if I'm going to have two Im- images that are too similar stacked one on top of the other. Uh, and things like that. So just being able to sit down on like a Sunday night and plan my content, schedule it out, get my hashtags in there, uh, get the proper spacing, think about my captions, and then kind of let it roll for the rest of the week so that I can spend that time during the week answering comments and replying to DMs and liking other people's posts and doing all that extra engagement that you can't pre-plan and you can't pre-schedule. Gotcha. That makes a ton of sense. Keeping an eye on the grid, that's something I definitely don't think about. Like, I, there were like four cigar pictures in a row for me <laughs> one day, one week. Um, now, do you you only post once a day or is it more than once? Okay. Is once a day like the magic number for Instagram? Somebody like yelled at me for posting more than once a day, like a friend, and they didn't yell at me. They were just like, what are you doing? Um, well, I mean, I think that's a compliment because it means your friend follows you pretty closely. (laughs) 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 Or maybe your friend only follows 30 people. So you're you're extra in their feed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do once a day because that's like just the capacity that I can maintain. I mean, seven photos in a a week is like already a Mm -hmm. lot to to manage. Um, But I do follow people who are full-time influencers that post two or three times. And the thing is, I will see one out of three of their posts anyway. Uh, I just, I follow too many people. The algorithms will not put all three of their images up in my, in my feed. Um, So I find that, you know, maybe it's like casting a wide net. So you may have people see one or two out of the three photos you posted in a day. Um, I don't know if it, it, there are any major downsides. I can't speak to that. I think it depends on your followers. If, if people are following you and they enjoy your content, they may like more, but I think Instagram may not show it. So I stick to one for that for that reason. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. And um, do you so? And then do you auto post it to like other social media, or is it like you want to keep everybody on Instagram? Like, and yeah. and that's probably what Instagram wants as well. Yeah. Gosh, I just had this d- internal debate last month mm-hmm. about a Facebook page. So okay. I have a blog. I have my Instagram following. They're both doing well. I have this Facebook page that I created years ago that has like 250 followers. It's Oh, wow. It's, that- I, but I mean, it's like, 
I just repost things there. Once in a while, I'll mm-hmm. post an article or I'll, I'll share something travel related that I wouldn't yeah. post on Instagram. And it, for me, I created it mostly because I didn't want to spam my personal Facebook with all sure. my blog stuff. Because sure. I mean, you're an entrepreneur. I think you know kind of that feeling where you don't want you don't want to spam all your friends and family with all of the things that you're up to at work. And yeah. so I created this this page separately and I, I mostly just repost from Instagram. Okay. And, and I've thought about killing it and I've thought about just kind of like quietly sunsetting it. But uh, I know that there are people that that's the, the only way that they follow my content. Okay. So I don't want to deprive them entirely. Right. But no, I yeah. don't really have a good, I, I pretty much stick to my blog and Instagram, I would say. Okay, cool. Makes sense. Uh, and then my last line of questioning or my last question in this line of questioning, I guess, is um, converting to a business account. Is that like, are there downsides to that? Like is, is, are there downsides to that? I don't believe so. It's probably been too long for me to know what it's like to have a personal one and whether there's some Mm -hmm. tools that are available to me. I only see upsides. You get analytics you can also tap into some of the partnership tools. So if a brand, if you're working with a brand specifically and they have a partner uh, oh, account enabled, cool. they can allow you to then tag them. And it's just another way to be more transparent about your affiliates and you know what your things are gifted or what you're being paid to, do, to promote. Um, so that's another tool you can use. And some, some of the integrations I think are pretty interesting, but I, I Again, I don't know if those yeah. are also available to individual accounts, but I know the analytics is definitely one one of the main reasons I converted. Yeah, and I mean the the buffer integration, like automatically posting, is not available to personal accounts. There you go. It's um, probably that. It's like an API thing that you really have to have yeah. the business account. Yeah, and oh, and like promotions is front and center on a business account too. So mm-hmm. they're probably going to be a little bit more aggressive about you spending money on their. Of platform. course, that's true. Yeah, they definitely yeah. push you to throw some dollars at visibility. Yeah, makes sense. This episode is sponsored by Circle CI. Whether you're on a development team, manage a development team yourself, or you have a business that relies on working software, a good process is so important to making sure you're creating high-quality work. Continuous integration, or the ability to check and manage code automatically, can help you and your developers streamline the process in a big way. And CircleCI is here to help. Designed for modern software teams, CircleCI's continuous integration and delivery platform helps developers push code with confidence. Trusted by thousands of companies, from four-person startups to Fortune 500 businesses, CircleCI helps teams take their software from idea to delivery quickly, safely, and at scale. Visit howibuilt.it slash CircleCI to learn why high-performing DevOps teams use CircleCI to automate and accelerate their continuous integration and delivery pipelines. As someone who's worked on big coding projects for big companies with distributed development teams, I can tell you that continuous integration tools have helped us make sure we deliver working code to our clients. It helps instill trust in our team, and it lets our team focus on solving new problems instead of dealing with the same ones over and over again. 
So once again, learn how CircleCI can help you end your business at howibuilt.it slash CircleCI. As a special bonus for How I Built It listeners, CircleCI is having a virtual raffle where you can win a pair of the newest Sony noise-canceling headphones. Improve your team's processes and enter for a chance to win at howibuilt.it slash CircleCI. That's C-I-R-C-L-E-C-I. And now, back to the show. So as we kind of come up on the tail end of this episode, first of all, uh, I have already learned a ton from you, so thank you. I really feel like my Instagram game is going to improve. Um, (laughs) But uh, do you have any tips for listeners who are either just getting into Instagram as a business strategy mm-hmm. uh, or who are now considering it because of this episode? Like, what are some things that they can do to get started? For sure. Uh, so one thing that I think a lot of people, they get jealous of the numbers, right? You see other Instagram accounts and you think, oh, I want to have 10,000 followers. Um, but it's like building up a content strategy or an SEO strategy. Like consistency is key. And, and just if you're doing it every day, that's already amazing. And you'll see results over time. So don't get discouraged and definitely don't buy followers. Don't buy followers. And, and also I think people think that spending $20, $30 a month on boosting your posts is going to have a huge impact on your following. But I think that money would be better invested in having uh, maybe a photographer that works on getting really great high quality images or investing in one of those tools that allows you to schedule your content in advance. I think that's a wiser use of money for uh, a more sustained growth. So those would be my, my, my warnings. Don't buy followers. Don't throw money at ads. Make sure you're setting yourself up for success long-term and also making it easier for yourself to manage your account. Love that. I love yeah. that. Now, do you, do you, uh, cause a lot of your pictures are of you and you definitely don't have the camera in your hand. Um, <laughs> do you hire, like, do you do like photo shoots with a photographer or like, do you have a tripod and you're just really good at framing the shot? I have a mix of, of things. Most of the okay. photos of me walking down the street, I do have a photographer that I work with and we do batch shoots. So, you know, we'll do like an hour and do a ton of, ton of photos and then use those for the rest of the month, for example. And okay. then at home, I'll do some flat lays myself and specific product placement photos that I need to do. I'll, I'll do those myself. So it's a little bit of a mix, but yeah, I mean, if you are by yourself, um, there's definitely things you can do with a tripod, but if you have a bit of money or you have a friend or you have a family member who's a good photographer, then I would recommend kind of asking them mm-hmm. for help. Cause I think the quality is just a little bit higher if you can get that, that look. Yeah, for sure. And I'll just chime in here and say like, we've hired a photographer to do like family photo shoots and they were shockingly affordable. Like, mm-hmm. Photographers don't always cost what a wedding photographer no, costs. No, at all. It's usually dramatically cheaper than that um, for whatever reason. Maybe because it's more casual. Maybe it's the wedding tax or a little bit of both. Yeah. But um, that, not, you know, our wedding photographer was amazing. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, don't think you, you have to spend thousands of dollars no. on a photo shoot. Um, it's closer to hundred or hundreds, right? Um so you're not gonna you're not gonna break the bank if you no. do it every quarter or something and like that. The person that I hired initially was a, a recent graduate, so it was someone who'd done a degree in 
journalism and who already had all of their equipment and they were just looking for a couple of freelance clients and I had them on a retainer. So it was even cheaper. So, you know, there's definitely ways to find resources that are within your budget. Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, this sounds like the perfect um, scenario for you and for them uh, because it's like pretty low pressure. Like, you don't, it's not the one or two times you're going to get married. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you know, it's it, it's not like they need to be perfect for this one shot. They could take a bunch of photos uh, and then you take the ones that you like the best, right? So I think that's a really good piece of advice there. Um, My last sorry, piece now, of advice that I'll give yeah, yeah, though yeah, is also yes. don't only use Instagram as a broadcasting tool. So I think a lot of people focus on their own Instagram account, how they look, uh, what they're saying. But Instagram definitely gives you a little boost if you're engaging with other people's channels. So find people who are in your space who are similar to you. You may feel like they're competition, but in fact, engaging with them just amplifies both of your voices. And so make sure you're spending uh, not equal time, but some time, uh, both focusing on your own Instagram presence and engaging with other people. That's, that's uh, again, great advice. Um, not something I do at all and something to consider, right? Uh, and you're right. Like uh, people, if I'm engaging with the competition, it's bad for me. But like Instagram, just like podcasting, I tell podcasters this all the time, is not a zero sum game. It's not like if somebody follows you, they're not, or follows your competition, they're not going to follow you. Mm-hmm. They can follow both of you. So it really great advice there. Um, so don't be jealous of the numbers. Be consistent. Don't buy followers. Spend your money on other things besides advertising uh, and engage with other people and you'll be mm-hmm. you'll be set up. So awesome. Well, Andrea, this has been great. I do need to ask you my favorite question, yeah. uh, even though I've been saying in the last few episodes because it does conflict with the tips for listeners, but <laughs> I've asked it in every episode. So I need to keep asking it, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Ooh, trade secrets. Um, Be nice to everyone. (laughs) My trade secret is when you're networking or whether it's online, in person, uh, professionally, don't be a snob because some of the, my, my best partnerships, um, both career wise and, you know, good friendships came from really casual conversations um, where if I had been in a mindset, like, what can this person do for me? Then I would have missed out on a really great conversation, which led to business or, you know, insight or some sort of good collaboration in the future. And so um, I always take the time to talk with anyone, whether I'm giving them advice or I'm seeking advice or just a casual chat, because when you're nice and kind, people will remember you. And then when you cross paths again and there's something that you can actually help each other with, that can really be beneficial. And and that little extra time you gave them will help you stand out. Yeah, uh, that's fantastic. Don't be a snob. Don't think, what can this person do for me? And I, it really, you're absolutely right. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, I will try to remain unspecific here, but uh, I know somebody in the space in which we have both hung out where this person complained about the WordCamp I organized to me without really realizing I was the one who organized it. Mm. And he was also a WordCamp organizer. So I'm like, 
dude, first of all, know who you're talking to or do, or do that. Um, know who you're talking to. Uh, and like, you know how hard it is to plan a word camp. Like, why are you like this? So, um, yeah, be nice to everybody. I love that. Andrea, this has been great. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, where can people find you? Definitely on Instagram. My username is Capsule Suitcase. You can follow me there. And you can also find me on Twitter where I mostly talk about WordPress and hosting. And so that's more of a space to find me in the tech uh, industry. And my username there is Andrea Zollner. All right. I will link to all of that and all of the stuff that we talked about over on the show notes at howibuilt.it. Andrea, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much to Andrea for joining us today. I loved all of her tips. Uh, Being consistent, I think that's important in just every aspect of social or creating content, but it's, it's a little easy for me to forget to be consistent on Instagram because up until now, I've just been using it to post like, pictures of cigars and pictures of my daughter. And I want to be more intentional. Uh, So set yourself up for a long-term success. The invest money in a photographer, I thought that was incredible because her pictures look amazing. You see people with, with great looking photos. And honestly, a photographer, you know, it doesn't cost that much. So if you were going to spend money on ads or followers, which, which Andrea said, definitely don't do, um, Instead, invest that money in a photographer. Just like a couple of hours for a session uh, will not be very expensive. Uh, of course, that's depending on where you live. But uh, she offer she also offers a lot of really great tools. And so I, I just, I can't say enough nice things about this interview. Like I said, I learned a lot. I know that my Instagram game will improve because of it. So Thanks to Andrea for her time. You can find everything that we talked about over at howibuilt.it slash 175. Thanks to our sponsors, iThemes, Light Tricks, and Circle CI. They really, uh, their support has been fantastic and they help the show get to where it's been. So uh, thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, be sure to like or not like, that's that's a YouTube thing, any Instagram thing. Be sure to rate and review in Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions about anything we're talking about, feel free to reach out to me on social media or email joe at casabona.org. And until next time, get out there and build something.